Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. There's a lot of times in life that we've been asking for something for a long time, and God never gives it to us. He doesn't. But he always gives you what you need. Today, Pastor Randy welcomes student pastor Josh Alamon, who's teaching from Acts chapter 3. Well, good morning, New Hope. You guys can like bump elbows or whatever you do. Uh, I want to pray for Josh this morning as he comes up and preaches. Holiday weekend here at New Hope. We got people doing Team S MS Ride uh, in LaGrange. People are away. But um, we've had a sense of anticipation that God was going to do something significant on the holiday weekend. Don't know what it is but we've had that anticipation. So just wanna remind you of a couple of things really quick. We'll have announcements at the end of the service. But, but God says my house would be a house of prayer. And we started painting these. Uh, you can't really see it because the lights are down, but, um, but we've got artwork going into these corners. That, oh, there we go. Now you can see it, the freshly painted walls. The, this is the nation's corner at the end of the service that we wanna be praying for the nations. God's been putting us in a place to do significant things around the world. From this little church, God's doing all these things. That's our nation's corner. This is our neighborhoods. What we're doing in this community, what we're doing right here. And this, this corner? That's our next generation corner. It's what the history of the Grace family has been about. And I'm so excited that Josh um, is coming up to preach this morning. It took us five years to get him, but we finally got a youth pastor that's going to be here for a while. Yes, yes, okay. I know you're like a, I know you're like an MMA fighter, but buddy, I could take you. All right. We'd have to bike 100 miles first, but then, okay. So I want to pray for Josh. Um, come on up here, and just two things as he's doing that. If you've got a college kid away and we don't have their address, send us their address. We're doing care packages this week. And if you're a widower or a widower, Anita and I are taking you to dinner tomorrow night. We're going to meet here at the church at 6 o'clock, and we're going to go to dinner. We're going to Provino's. Um, yeah, it's on us. So, so if you... Um, Come join us, okay? We would be thrilled. All right, all right. Let me pray for Josh. Jesus, I love this man. I'm so thankful for him. And Lord, you um, brought him down a path that uh, none of us would have anticipated. Grandson of a pastor and the son of a pastor. Two tours in Iraq, SWAT, sniper, all that stuff, fireman, paramedic. And you brought him here to, to be the one that would look out over our kids, to be the one that would be protective of our kids, to be the one that would teach our kids all those things that, that he learned from his father and his grandfather. And now, Lord, you're doing this movement in this church, this, this Hispanic movement in this church. And and Lord, we thank you for that. And they've, they've doubled like every week. 
<laughs> and we thank you for the food that they bring yes, every Lord. week. Yes. Um, what an what a amazing thing. Lord, we pray right now in your name that you will not just anoint Josh. We know that you've done that. But Lord, as we've been looking at this move of the Holy Spirit, that, that you are around us, that you're, that you're in us. But Lord, this morning, we pray that you would be on him, that you would, be, you would fill him this morning for a special task. Because there are children in the room today that one day they would look back on this morning that however old we are as children, because we're your children, we would approach your throne this morning and we would know that we have been in the presence of God. Because you've told us that we are supposed to make this place like heaven. Mm. And we come to you this morning as your children. We know we're your children because you told us to start our prayer this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Thanks, Boy, you may be seated. What is up, church? Man, such an honor to be here once again. I guess uh, I didn't uh, blow it too bad last time because I'm here again. The emails were, were kind and gentle. Open up your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 3, one of my favorite books in the Bible, written by Luke. The second book he wrote, right? The first one is Luke. Yeah, there you go. We got Bible scholars here. Uh, one of my favorite parts about uh, the book of Acts is that actually right in the middle of him writing this, he actually enters the story. I believe it's chapter 16. I should have checked on that before I said that. Um, he actually, he, he changes from, uh, and then Paul went or Peter went. No, no, he goes, and then we went. So all of a sudden, somewhere in Acts, uh, Luke becomes a Christian. I wish I knew how. Uh, there's a lot of uh, arguments of where that was, but... It's really, really neat. I love how he writes, man, how the Holy Spirit filled his heart. And he's able to write like he's such a scholar. I loved it. And in chapter three, man, it gets deep. I was so excited when Randy was like, Josh, can you preach in chapter? I was like, say three, say it, say three. And he did. Mm. Chapter three. So where are we right now? Let's see. Um, in the beginning of Acts, uh, Jesus, right, died for our sins. He leaves, go to, goes to heaven, and he says, hey, don't worry. I know you're scared. You're here by yourself, but you're about to get filled with the Spirit. And they're like, all right, well, hopefully that happens sooner, uh, better than later, because we got a lot of work to do, right? So they get back. They get together, and they're talking in the upper room, right? And all of a sudden, boom, like strong wind, they're filled with the Spirit. They're able to speak different languages so they can go out and tell others about Jesus, right? And now these boys are on fire, right? They're like, come on. It's time to go out and preach the gospel. Rome, watch out. I don't care. 
if you're in my way or not, let's, let's reach people for Jesus. And Peter and John, verse one, chapter three, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part of the three o'clock prayer service. Just a regular old, you know, afternoon day. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. See, each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg for the people going into the temple. In verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. All right, first of all, I want to have this guy's friends. I mean, every day... Every day, this guy was carried to the same spot, every day. I asked my sister if she would carry me every day, and she was like, I don't know, by the next week, I'll call you an Uber or something. I'm not carrying you. I mean, give me a break. Every day, these are some good friends, right? And not just that, but they took him exactly to the place where he needed to go, right? At the temple doors. The interesting part about this, this is Jerusalem. Everybody here is Jewish, why didn't they take him to the middle of the market? Everybody's Jewish, right? It's the same people going in inside of the temple. I'll tell you why. Because it's a little difficult to be a hypocrite when you're going inside church. That doesn't happen here. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. See, it's a little difficult to turn a blind eye when you're walking out of church, especially this very strict religion that says, hey, Go and feed the hungry. That's one of the laws. That's one of the rules and regulations, right? In the market, it's pretty easy to go, oh, man, the, the lame guy, you know? But here's a little difficult, right? That's smart. That's where I would go. It's a genius. But good friends. I want those friends. And verse 4 says, Peter and John looked at him intentionally, and Peter said, hey, look at us. Do you know why he did that? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. See, back then, if you're lame, if you can't walk, if you're sick, you were kind of in a lower class, right? So when you begged for money, you don't dare to look up at me. I know, that's pretty bad. You don't dare to look up at me. When you beg for money, you beg looking at the ground. It's dirty. And that's what he was doing. Please, please. Please, I, I can't work, I can't walk, I, I need money. And when Peter looked at him, he said, hey, look at me. We're the same guy, you and I. See, I'm broken too. Look at me. I'm a man just like you are, bro. We're in the same boat. We need the same savior. I don't care that you can walk and I can't walk. I got my issues too. Don't worry about that. But I need him just like you need him. Look at me. Look at me. In verse five, it's pretty interesting because nobody's told him anything. Every once in a while, somebody throws him a coin, but he's been looking down all day just begging for money. And all of a sudden, this guy walks up to him and says, hey, hey, check this out. And he looks at him, and what's he thinking? The lame man looked at him eagerly expecting some money, of course. He's like, well, great, finally, finally. They've been here all day, right, every day. I got great friends. And here he is asking for something that he, that he wants. 
right? It's a want that he has because he's hungry. And the lame man looked eagerly, expecting some money. And verse six says, but Peter said, bro, I don't have any silver or gold for you. What? I'm sorry, hit me with that again. You're telling me that I'm here, broken, obviously. I'm begging for money because that's what I want. You get my attention, finally, somebody got my attention. And then you're gonna tell me that you don't have what I'm asking for. Thank you for wasting my time. I appreciate it. Continue walking, sir. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is that you follow. Right? See, what he didn't know is that Peter and John just spent three years following Jesus. Right? And he, they broke. <laughs> they broke. They are. They just spent three years following Jesus, and they, being true Christians, did not get re- rich over the gospel. That doesn't happen. Maybe it does. They didn't get rich over the gospel. Oh, no. No, no, no. They preached the gospel. That's what they did. The little money that they have, they gave to the poor. And they fought. They fought hard for other people to know about Jesus, not to fill up their bank accounts. You know, I always tell my high schoolers, my seniors, I say, look, another reason to have a strong relationship with Jesus is that when you leave your mama and dad is home and you go into college and you go to find a church, you need to have a strong relationship with God. You gotta know what this book says so when you walk into a church, you know if they're good or not, right? If you can walk in, you immediately hear and go, that's not biblical, champ, right? You wanna know another way to find out that a church knows what they're doing? Find out where they put their money. It's true. Find out where they put their money. If you walk into a church and everything's falling apart, but the staff are driving Ferraris, you might want to question it. That's okay. I do it. I'm serious. It's true. But if you find a church and you're working strong in that church and you find out that all the money is for the next generation, is for the poor, is for the people that need help, is for the people that are lost, that need Jesus, that's the church that I'm going to go to. And that's the type of men they were. <laughs> we broke, bro. <laughs> we don't have any money. We work for Jesus to, to see his miracles. And continuing in verse six says, oh, but I'll give you what I have. Oh, man, that's great. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, Nazarene. Get up and walk. If you did not just get chills, please exit the building. Get up and walk. (laughs) That is so awesome. See, he was asking for what he wanted, and God just gave him what he needed. He's been asking for a long time, over 40 years, the, the history books say. 40 years of asking for the same thing. God didn't give him what he wanted. He gave him what he needed. There's a lot of times in life that we've been asking for something for a long time, and God never gives it to us. He doesn't. But he always gives you what you need. 
And what we need generally is Jesus, and that already happened. That already happened. We ask so much, and we're so concentrated on the things that we ask that we forget the things we need. We're so into God, please fill this void, fill this void, fill this void. And God's going, you know, if you kind of sit back and, and realize who I am in your life, maybe you don't even realize the void's been filled for months. You know? Is there something today in your life? I don't know you guys' lives. Is there something in your life today that you are struggling so hard to fill up with what, the, what, what human nature feels like can solve it? And you're fighting it. I mean, you're throwing, you're throwing everything at it, right? And you're trusting a lawyer, you're trusting a doctor, you're trusting somebody that's gonna, that's, gonna, that's gonna help you out, that's gonna save you that day, you know? And because of that, you start lacking in trust of the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that holds the universe in the palm of his hand, the one that created you. Man, church, that's called faith. That's called faith. Is it easy? No. It's not. That's why he made it so clear that every day you gotta wake up, you gotta deny yourself daily and go, Father, I am broken. I think I can fix things myself. <laughs> not gonna happen. I need you. I make a horrible God. I'm, I'm really bad at it. You, the Father, you're the one I trust. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're sick, go to the doctor, right? If you have a headache and you have a bottle of aspirin beside you and you're praying, God, please, please get this headache away from me. God's like, take an aspirin. It's right there, right? I see a counselor. I see a counselor once a month. I do. I was diagnosed with PTSD a long time ago. He helps me out a lot. Good Christian guy. Love him. Love him to death. Awesome. But I'll tell you what, he's helped me out a lot, it's true. But he's not the reason I sleep every day at night. It's Jesus. He's the one that gives me the peace I need, the, the comfort that I need. See, everything here is super, it's, it's superficial. The supernatural power of God is the one that changes. And the interesting thing is, this happened at three o'clock. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon. This wasn't at some like crazy prayer service, you know, with lights and you got Sandy Patty singing and you know, you got people, Dan, you know, all this craziness. No, they're just going to prayer service. <laughs> Nothing crazy, you know. Sometimes we kind of put God in a little box of, of where he can work and how he can work. You know what I'm saying? Like what's truly your expectations of how God works? Have you ever thought about that? It's like, oh man, I gotta go to church. I really do. Why? You know, I just need God. What happened on Monday through Saturday? You know? Where, where's he been all these days? Why do you gotta wait for Sunday to think that God's gonna do something? Let me tell you something. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't care. If you think that this is you warming up a cushion on Sunday, a relationship with God, you are strongly mistaken. 
strongly mistaken. Your strong, powerful relationship with Jesus should be a Monday on your face, at home, praising God for the things he's done. If you think you need lights and a band to praise God, bro, you need to seek the Bible. He can do so much more than, than what a church can do. Come on. It's called a relationship. It's called a relationship. An everyday relationship. You're not going to be married if you talk to your spouse once a month. <laughs> that was a burst of laughter. That was awesome. <laughs> it's not going to happen if you talk to your spouse once a week. Every day. Every day. It's a relationship. Now imagine this. Do you think you would pray the same if you knew what God was gonna do next week? Yeah, it's a no. It's a no, there's no way. Now, is it possible for me to know what God's gonna do next week? No, 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 let's go ahead and throw that out there. There's no way. But whatever he does next week, how about you have faith in that? And you faith that his will is a lot more than it's a lot better, I was gonna say a lot more better, a lot more better than you, than you can pray for, right? Let's trust in what he can do, not what we beg for. I'm almost done, verse seven. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. Hold up, hold up, hold up, wait, wait. He didn't just tell him to get up, no, no, he didn't, say in the name of, he didn't just say in the name of Jesus, stand up. No, he said, he reached out, he grabbed his right hand, and he helped him up. Now, let me tell you something. He sits here every day by himself to beg for money. I know there's kids in the room, but uh, nobody helps him up to go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? He grabbed him by the hand. He said, give me your hand. He grabbed him by the right hand, and he stood him up. Oh, but, but what happened? See, I don't think the miracles happened yet. And he did. The men's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Not just healed, but he put muscle on them, baby. <laughs> Verse 8, he jumped up and stood up on his feet and began to walk. He began to walk, leap, and praising God. And he went into the temple, and then, uh, verse 9, all the people saw him. It, it depends what, what text you're reading. Some of them says, they rubbed their eyes with amazement. They couldn't believe it. I know that guy. He's been sitting there for 40 years. I know exactly who he is. When they realized that he was the lame beggar guy that's been, sin, that's been seen and up in the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astonished. They couldn't believe it. Something only God can do. They all rushed out in amazement of Solomon's column. That's a section over there where the, uh, at the temple where the men were holding tightly to Peter and John. Man, I would have loved to have been there. You imagine that? You imagine that? The same guy that's been sick for a long time and all of a sudden you hear somebody jumping and hollering and you look over and there he is. 
<laughs> That's great. Now, there is something that, that, that Luke wrote here. He said, praising God. He actually said it twice. He didn't say jumping. He didn't just say jumping. No, he said, man, he was praising God, praising God. He was praising God. That's his, that's his strength. He was praising God with what, what was happening. Let me tell you something. Miracles from God give God the glory. If they don't give God the glory, it's not a miracle from God. Period. All right? If I have the strength to move this can without touching it, oh, great job, Josh. That doesn't give glory to God. That gives glory to Josh. Right? That doesn't make me a preacher. That makes me a magician. Right? The things that God does has to give glory to God. If it doesn't give glory to God, you might want to realize where it's coming from. Oh, and this gave glory to God. I mean, he was, he was going for it. He was going for it. He was like, it had nothing, honestly, it had nothing to do with Peter. It had nothing to do with John. It had even little to do with the guy that got saved, man. It had everything, everything to do that with a little faith, God can fill you up and can change your life in ways that you couldn't even imagine. You've been asking for something for a long time, and God goes, ha, watch this. Watch what I can do in your life. You have no idea. You think you need a dollar. You think you're, 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 you're blessed for the little money that you're gonna get. Champ, you have no clue what God is gonna do in your life if you have just a little bit of faith of realizing who Jesus is. Come on, church. Glory to him. Have faith in him. He's the one that does everything. Mm. I have a... Worship team, come on up. Sorry. I'm always late on that. I grew up here in Atlanta. I was born in Cuba. grew up here in Atlanta. And um, my, uh, the rest of my family pretty much lived in Miami or southern Florida, but mostly in Miami. And um, for every break possible, uh, summer and spring and crisp, whatever it was, I was in Miami because that's where all my whole family was. And uh, I grew up very, very close to one of my cousins. His name was Edelier, but we called him Tato. And uh, yeah, that's us. Uh, I'm the one with the ears, if you don't know which one it is. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I've had the same ears since then now. Yeah. Yeah, people always ask me, hey, were you bullied as a child? Wow, how'd you learn how to fight? There it is. That's why. That's why I was so good. I wasn't good at running, so I had to learn how to fight. And uh, so Tato and I, we grew up together. Our moms are first cousins. Um, so we were extremely, extremely close. Everything we did, we did together. Everything. Um, and uh, let me tell you something. We were, we were wide open. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, if there was something that... Some type of trouble we could get into, we probably did it. We've done that. Yep, we've been there. Um, and we, uh, we uh, yeah, we did a lot of things in life. Uh, I'll just leave it there. And uh, 
we, you know, after high school, um, we, we both grew up at church. Um, after high school, it was obvious that we didn't really make a connection with Jesus while we were going to church, you know. And we started living uh, some pretty interesting, crazy life away from what God's will was, um, which proved, let me tell you something, church doesn't prove that you're a Christian, by the way, having a, having a relationship with Jesus does. Anyways, that's another topic. And um, it was obvious that, that we didn't have it. It just was. And life went on, life went on, and I, uh, at 22, I got saved. Um, that's another long story. And uh, my concentration went to, to Tato, and I was like, Tato, you gotta follow Jesus, man. It's, it's the way to go. It's not, it's not the, uh, the old school uh, Southern Baptistness that we grew up in. No, it's actually a relationship with, with, with God, what God wants. Yeah, the whole thing, man. You got to do it. You got to do it. And man, it was, it, was, it was difficult, you know. And uh, a few years later, he had this abdominal pain. He went to the doctor and the doctor found a tumor in his stomach. And we were like, dude, there it is. That's your sign. You want a sign? There's your sign. God's gonna help you with this. He's gonna, he's gonna help you through this. Um, you gotta follow him. Follow Jesus. And he was like, yeah, man, cool. Great. They removed the tumor, good to go. Um, nothing changed. So some time passed, and he went to the doctor for another checkup. Uh, but this time, they didn't find one tumor. They found five. Yeah, and it was like, oh, well, that changes things, right? And uh, I was speaking to my aunt, and she said, you know, Josh, I was walking by the living room. He was sitting on the couch. He was 24 years old, and he's reading the Bible. And uh, he's, he's got this, like, long stare. And my aunt, Diaeli, she walks up to him, and she says, are you okay, honey? And he says, wait, so the price of sin is death? Yeah, it is. And that's why we have Jesus, because he died for us. Instead of me dying for the things I did, he did it for me. All these years. I got a phone call from my father. He says, Josh, get in the car. We got to go see Tato, man. It, it, you know, things aren't looking good. So we hop in the car. We drive down to Miami. I was a cop at the time. And, man, I walked into the hospital room, and what I saw was not what I was expecting. He was always bigger, tougher than I was. And I walked in, and, man, it kind of took my breath away. And I sat down, and I was like, hey, hey, man, you know, we had a little conversation where my remembered of some old days, and he had a lot of pain meds going, so he was going in and out, you know, and one of the times he went out, I grabbed his hand, and I started praying. And I started praying, not like, God, thank you for this food, but I started praying. You know that prayer? You know what I'm talking about. A lot of people have made that prayer like, Father, give it to me. You want to give it to me? Give it to me. I'm fine with that, but don't let this happen. Father, please. You guys know, a lot of you know that prayer, right? And I finish, and I open my eyes, and he's looking at me. 
And I kind of took a step back. And I was like, oh, sorry, sorry, dude. I thought you were sleeping. And he said, Josh, let me tell you something. I understand why this is happening. I really do. I'm gonna go to heaven because of this. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? And I said, yes, I smiled. I was like, of course I am, but I'm not okay. I wasn't okay with that. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not. It'd be a lie if I'd be like, yeah, it was great. It wasn't. You know, and sometimes I'm still not okay with that, to be honest with you. Exactly a week after that, he passed away. Beautiful ceremony. Oh, man. What a ceremony. It was powerful and oh, it was great. People got saved and oh, it was beautiful. Awesome story. So I'm talking to my aunt and I'm, I'm asking permission. You know, it's my story, but I want to make sure it's okay with her. And I said, What do you want me to tell them? A lot of people are on vacation. It's going to be over a thousand something people going to listen to this. What do you want me to tell these people? And she said this. She's a little feisty woman, man. I wouldn't mess with her. Those little Cuban, those little Cuban girls are crazy. And she, she's a little tiny thing. She is. She's awesome. She's hilarious. And she said, you tell them this, and I quote, you tell them this, Josh. You tell them, you tell them that there's no, there's no glorification in this life. The only glorification is from Jesus. You tell them that. And you tell them that the days that I saw my son dying of cancer was where God did his miracle because I know where he is today. You tell him that, Josh. I said, yes, ma'am, I will. See, because for us, it's so hard to understand that the 24 years of life is 24 years of life, but the supernatural, powerful mind of God sees eternity, right? We're so concentrated in the 80 years, if you're healthy, that you're gonna live in this world and we forget about the fact that 10, 15, 20,000 years from now, when we've been partying in heaven, and we're going to think back and go, cancer, what's that? I don't remember, because God's glory is so powerful, so awesome. We've been united and praising God for so long. And we're going to think back, and we're going to praise God for that one day when Tato was 24, that he accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I miss him. Of course I miss him. It's been 12 years. But who cares? Who cares? Because one day, we're going to party together forever. The lame guy's going to be there too. <laughs> and we're all going to glorify God together for eternity. Do you hear that word? Eternity. Don't get so overworked about the years that you have in this world. Trust God for the things he's going to do forever, forever, church. Mm. If you need some prayer, there's going to be guys in the corners praying for you. I'll be right there at the exit door. If you want to pray with me, I'm more than happy to. I got a mask. You got a mask, and I'll put one on. I'll do whatever you want. It don't matter to me. Um. We're going to have a communion on the sides here. If you'd like to step up as soon as they start singing, you're more than welcome to. Don't let the things of this world 
don't let the things of this world, whatever it is, including death, don't let them mess up a relationship with a supernatural God that can change everything. Don't let Satan do that. You fight. You fight for that relationship. Father, we love you and we thank you so much and we just glorify you for the things you've done, for the things you will do. And we thank you, Lord, that there's nothing in this world that can compare to eternity with you. <laughs> and we ask, Lord, these things because, man, it, there's still a, there's still gonna be pain in life and there's gonna be struggles and we just beg you, Father, that you, that you put your healing hand on us while we are going through this. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Myrna Brown.